From the KLYT Broadcast Studio, this is ABQ Connect. Your input on today's topic is important to us. Join in the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. ABQ Connect. Welcome into ABQ Connect. Jim Williams with you on this Happy Martin Luther King Day. I, you know, I think about Happy Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King did some amazing things, um, mm-hmm. you know, demonstrating with hundreds of thousands of people peacefully. I mean, that's a total God thing. Uh, I do want to relate to everybody. Look, um, I, I don't know the heart of Dr. Martin Luther King, but I'm telling you the scrutiny that he was under and still did all the amazing things that he did. I, I'm just trusting God that I'm going to see him in heaven and and it's going to be a pleasure to to meet him yeah. someday. And I hope that if my life's ever under the scrutiny that he was under, not that I'm trying to put myself on the same plane, but uh, I just all I can do is depend upon the grace of Jesus and uh, and and trust him. And, and I hope that's what he did as well. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I'm here. Steve Ryman will be back with you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm joined in studio by Shelly Rep and Berga Alden. They are both with the New Mexico Dream Center. And I'm, I'm amazed at the things that you guys do. I've said that to you, Shelly. <laughs> I've only known you since you were 16. You always say that. Well, Jim. you're only like 25 now. Oh, that would be so nice. How could we have known each other for 30 plus years and you're only age 10 Right, years? right. Exactly. I'm amazing. It's you are. You are. But I, I am amazed because you do some things. You are helping to keep tra- uh, kids out of trafficking situations. You've been studying this. You've been living this. You've... Uh, adopted a young lady that at one time was in the middle of all this kind of stuff and she's thriving and doing great. So, I mean, you know what this really means. You, you've lived it. You've done this. And Birga has now uh, joined the fold as the community relations manager. And uh, this does involve, as we talk about the 56th legislative session, which begins tomorrow, yes. mm-hmm. it truly does uh, affect every community, not only in New Mexico, but throughout the United States. So that's a big responsibility. Um, and the community is not just Albuquerque, is it, Birga? No, not at all. And especially as we're talking about the New Mexico Dream Center, New Mexico being in the title, we certainly want to have a footprint in all areas of the state. And, you know, as it turns to the conversation around the legislative session, I mean, this impacts not just Albuquerque Metro, this impacts everybody in the great state of New Mexico. So the New Mexico Dream Center is doing amazing things. And, and to start us off, Shelly, I need you to tell our listeners, even though you've been on a hundred times, <laughs> I, I want to make sure they understand who you are, what you do, how they might volunteer, how can they can participate, because yeah. that's really how Berga got involved, right? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is how, how Berga got involved. Um, so the New Mexico Dream Center has a, a vision and a mission to really look at human trafficking, sex trafficking specifically through a 360 degree approach. And so what that means is we look at upstream solutions. What can we do to help prevent young people from falling into trafficking? It's looking at actual services provided to trafficking victims. It's look It looks at outreach for trafficking victims, and it looks at long-term support so that as somebody comes out of the life of trafficking, they're not just abandoned. They're, they have people walking alongside them so that, um, so that they can continue. And so when we look at those types of things, we really are looking at um, prevention, identification, 
housing and support. And that's what New Mexico Dream Center does. And as we look at that, you know, you talked about um, how we need to look at this statewide. Birga talked about how we need to have a footprint within each community in New Mexico. And I think that's so important for people to understand that this just isn't an Albuquerque problem. We have worked with the Farmington community. We've worked with the Estancia community. We've worked with small town Portales, New Mexico. We've worked with Texaco. So when we look at this, this is an issue that absolutely affects every New Mexican community. And it's going to take that kind of community support to be able to kind of get to the other side of this issue. Shelley, one of the things that's been um, crazy in our state, and I don't know if it's just because I'm not smart enough to understand it, but we have a legislature, we have a state senate. Um, the legislature gets started tomorrow, yes. uh, the 16th of February or January, excuse me, and they go for 30 days. There's a lot that's going into that, but there are things that you've been working on. Uh, and and laws and other things that you really believe need to be put in place so that you can be more effective and law enforcement particularly right. can be more. In- right. Absolutely. So, Jim, as we've talked about before, we have been trying to uh, pass some significant legislation addressing the crime of human trafficking for, gosh, since 2019. I mean, the last piece that was passed was in 2018. So then we've been working now since then. So we're at like five years to be able to pass some significant legislation. And what happens is it's been stalled in Senate finance every, or excuse me, Senate judiciary every single time. It'll like fly through the house and then it will get stalled there. So we started working in, um, gosh, August and September this year with a group of law enforcement officers with the attorney general's office and then with some sponsors for legislation going into this 30-day session. I think that um, when we think of the 30-day session, it's hard to get a lot accomplished because this is an appropriation session, which means generally the whole goal of this one is to just make sure the state budget is passed, that we are still able to operate. And so it's about budgets and it's about money. But the governor can have what's called a call, which are pieces of legislation that have been proposed that she wants the legislators to hear. And so um, Governor Lujan Grisham has put together a call list for this session that is about public safety. So this is a significant um, call with many pieces of legislation that she wants to hear because she really is looking at how do we address the safety um, of our citizenry? Well, one of the pieces in that call is our human trafficking legislation. So that is the exciting news as we made the call, not knowing if we would. And so for our listeners, you can look um, you can look at that and see that. So the first thing is if you want to look at the call and see what the governor wants to do during this legislature other than sign off on budgets, you can go to her website and she has a list of all of those pieces of legislation with a short description. And then for us, we are House Bill 116. So HB 116 is the piece of legislation that we've proposed. And in looking at this, what we're really trying to do is address human trafficking as a 
crime that can be prosecuted in a more appropriate way. Now, wait That's a minute. i got to stop you. you okay, mean sorry. Human, I can just keep hum, rolling. Human trafficking is not illegal already? So it is illegal, <laughs> but it's not defined well within our criminal code. And so it's, it's weird because it fell in the same place that you would see things like um, animal poaching and the penalties for animal poaching. And then it's not a crime that's enumerated well, which means that the sentencing that goes with it does not match the level of crime. So you can sell cocaine and get caught in New Mexico, and you will have a minimum six-year sentence. You sell a person in New Mexico and you get caught your sentence is three years. So you get in more trouble for selling an illegal substance than you would for selling a human. And not that I want cocaine to be sold, but I do want there to be um, a level of accountability appropriate to the crime that's committed. And that's really a big piece of what this legislation is addressing. Does this have anything to do, I mean, I understand the spiritual implications, how Christians would look at this, but sure. you're really bringing this, you, you want everybody to embrace this, including the governor. Absolutely. And, and, and by the way, I don't think the governor put in place the laws that are currently there. No, no. So you're really having to bring to the attention of everybody in the legislature, hey, this is something that we need to change because it's not effective. I remember right. you sharing on the show before, Shelley, that um, a, a trafficker could put a 14-year-old woman or girl on the street, and that person might even be arrested for uh, prostitution mm-hmm. at one time. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, there's some things that go, and they find out the age of the child, and then it's not really that, but then they don't have a way to really address the the person that was trafficking her. And so these are all the things that you're trying to change. Exactly. I think that, um, you know, within New Mexico, looking at the investigations and how crime is addressed within our state is important because right now it is the person who is being trafficked, who is kind of the low hanging fruit, so to speak, for law enforcement to pick up. But what they don't see is the controlling pieces within that. And we want people to see that there are controllers out there that are keeping these young people on the streets. And we would like for them to have a penalty. The other thing, Jim, within this legislation is it also addresses the buyers. You know, we've talked a lot about demand in the past, and we've talked about how the reason that there's a marketplace for, you know, the commercials purchasing commercial sex is because there is demand. And so what we've seen is that um, the purchasers get a slap on the wrist or nothing, and they just kind of walk away. But yet the person who was um, being purchased is still the one that kind of gets, they they catch the case, so to speak. And so this legislation also puts into place penalties for those who are purchasing sex. If we can start addressing demand, then traffickers aren't going, it's not marketable for them. So you're kind of looking at this in a couple of different ways. And I think that's important for us to to endorse and and be a part of. If you go into Google, for example, and you put in um, Michelle Lujan Grisham's office, yes, or state state governor's. of New Mexico governor's office, yeah. it's going to take you to the website, yes, and you can download this call. 
our listeners, and I've said this to you many times, listen intently. I think a lot of them want to take some action. Would it help at all for them to go read the call, read your bill? Yes. Uh, actually, you have to go to the nmlegis.gov site to read HB 116. Yes. So you ought to do two things. You ought to go to the governor's call list and you ought to go to uh, the um, legislative website to read that bill. Would it help if, if our listeners contacted their legislatures? It absolutely would. That would be huge. And in fact, if you don't know who your legislator is, because a lot of times, you know, you just kind of get busy with your life and it's like, who who do I even call? They have a great mapping system on nmlegis.gov where you can go and you put your address in and it will show you who your representatives are, which district you're in and who your senators are. And then you can contact those offices to let them know that you support this bill, that you are in favor of this bill. You can also contact the governor's office and um, and encourage her and thank her for putting the human trafficking bill on her call. Um, there are some pieces of legislation that are important that did not make the call, and you could advocate for some of that legislation as well. And by the way, uh, I know no, I don't know a governor in the United States that everybody agrees with. No, it's you, you uh, okay. won't find one. Yeah. So then I, I know a lot of people, particularly in the Christian community, that have all kinds of criticism for Michelle Lujan Grisham. But I will say this emphatically. I don't care what your position is. You need to be praying for her. Absolutely. You need to be praying for God's favor on our state and that he would uh, encourage her to do the right things. And the only way we're going to do that is if we are kind. I think you can be direct, but we got to be kind. We got to pray for her. We got to suggest things that are very positive. All of us can criticize. I mean, that you can do that till the cows come home, and that's really not going to do much except harm the relationship further. To me, we need to be on our knees. We need to be praying about things. We need to ask her and and give good reasons. That's one of the reasons you're listening to this show is you've got Bear Guns and Shelly telling you, two people that have experience in this, how to what things would be and i know you shelly you've you've looked at things that states all over the country are doing absolutely and you've pulled in a lot of different information from that so i'm excited about that i think that's uh something that our our uh, team can do very faithfully we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the red the uh, legislative session and again, maybe reiterate one more time how people find out the information, how they can contact contact their legislators. Big job. I mean, we have the only unpaid legislature in in the country, I believe. Exactly. And they, so these people are volunteering. Now, again, you may not totally dis, may not agree with everything they do, but they are there serving. We're thankful for them. And we'll be praying that they do a great job. We'll be back on ABQ Connect talking about um, – child uh, domestic sex trafficking and it's uh, it's just a devastating thing and and i hope you'll stay with us uh we'll be back on abq connect right after this so glad you joined us this afternoon on abq connect i'm with shelly rep and she is the executive director of the new mexico dream center and berga alden is the community relations manager new to the staff but has been volunteering and doing some different things and Berga, we've talked about we've talking about New Mexico. Yep. I mean, this is human trafficking is happening all over the world. Right. Some people don't think it happens with American children. Oh, it absolutely does. It does. And I 
So I want you to talk about the community of New Mexico because you kind of have a big job, even though it's just the state of New Mexico, a state of two million people. Yeah. What does community mean and how, how do you operate within that? So I always like to set the conversation by saying I was born and raised in New Mexico. New Mexico runs in my blood. I have a, I believe, a, a God-appointed love and desire to make this state a better place. And so I hope that other people listening also feel that little bit of sense of burden, like, hey, what can I do to make this a better place to live? Mm. Our community, you know, if we're talking about the Albuquerque metro area, looks very different than Santa Fe looks, than Las Cruces looks, than Pecos looks, than, you know, some of our, our agricultural communities. We have a really unique state where we've got, you know, this metro hub and we've got all kinds of things happening from ranching to oil drilling to agricultural Every community looks vastly different. And so when we talk about human trafficking, it's also going to look different by community. Now, of course, Albuquerque has the largest concentration of people in the state. You know, the vast majority of people live here in this concentrated area. And so we are going to see more activity around the purchasing of commercial sex here in our area. But that doesn't mean it's not happening in other parts of our community. And so I think there just needs to be an awareness that these things are going on. We cannot turn a blind eye. We can't pretend that because you're in a community of 800 people that nothing bad is going on. There are things happening. And when we are honest enough to have some of these conversations, then we can hopefully get to that point of saying, okay, we acknowledge there's some really wicked stuff going on in our backyard and we need to do something about it. Yes. And again, legislative session starts tomorrow. Legislature has always been hard for me to say. But I, 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 you know, and I don't, I'm going to tell you right now, if I, if they had a hundred bills, there's probably 90 of them I don't like. Uh, And I don't mean to be so one-sided, but. So curmudgeonly, Jim? Yeah. That's a good word. (laughs) But the the bottom line is, is that I've had to change my attitude. I've literally had to get on my knees and say, Lord, these people that are voting this way, I want you to bless them. I want you to uh, draw them closer to you. I mean, everything I do is pray for their prosperity rather than just complaining about everything all the time. And, hey, there's a lot to complain about, but I'm not sure I've ever read any complaints in the Bible that have turned into God changing the situation. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure God's called us to approach problems in a different way. He he really has. He really has. And and, – uh, Bega, you have a quote that I know you wanted to read, and is particularly apropos because today is the, we're honoring Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, absolutely. I just got this in a wellness email that I was sent, but I, I found myself reading the whole thing because it really struck my heart this morning. The headline just reads, what is your life's blueprint? So the quote from Dr. Martin Luther King reads as follows. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodiness. Don't allow anyone to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth. And always feel that your life has ultimate significance. And I will say, because we have a large number of listeners that are Christ followers, that are believers, one might say, oh, we should think of ourselves less and we should be thinking of others and, and maybe this concentration on our own inward being is is flawed somehow. I would argue that because we are created in God's image, when we acknowledge God's image within us, that should give us a different sense of how we approach 
the blueprint of our life. And we all have something to offer. And I think that is a conversation that I could rattle on about for a long, long time. But I have found that over the years that I've been in the nonprofit community, I think there's an assumption of, well, I can show up and I can pass out food or I can show up and I can organize a a messy donation area. But what we don't talk about is that God's crafted us all uniquely and wired us all uniquely. And when we, even though it's a great opportunity to jump in and serve somewhere, if we stay in that place for too long where we're not really gifted and not really wired, we get burnt out really quickly and then we give up and we walk away. And so when I start thinking about how we've been uniquely crafted and gifted as it pertains to, you know, volunteering within the community, with nonprofits, with making a difference in your community or in your state, find the place where you have been crafted with an extraordinary gift that you can give that other people can't. You know, maybe you're great with numbers and you can help out in an accounting perspective. Maybe you've been really good with architectural design and and some nonprofit that you are passionate about needs a a building modification or something along those lines, find what God's gifted you with and find a way to use that treasure to serve back within the community. And I'd say specific to us at the New Mexico Dream Center, we need all kinds of folks that are going to come stand alongside of us. Everything from really business savvy folks that could maybe give us some really good counsel on some next endeavors that we're considering You know, of course, we can always use people that are willing to pass out food or to sort donations. Of course, those things are always needed. But if you've got a unique skill set and you think, gee, I don't know if this is necessary, please call and please ask. You know, if you're a a master widget maker, let's find a way to leverage your widgets within the things that we're doing, because you just never know how God's going to string his people together for something of of benefit. What you're saying is really resonating with me because of a couple people that Shelly's brought on. Mm. And I told you, I go into dad mode when I meet the young ladies that go out on the street in Albuquerque Mm -hmm. in the late afternoon and in the evening to meet with kids that are on the streets of Albuquerque. That is a, a scary place to be one. But number two, you have to be really gifted to approach someone that is maybe homeless and on the street and very young and just try to get them to understand that you have some resources for them. You're not going to violate their privacy or anything else, but you want to care for them. Right. And that's an amazing thing. Well, and, you know, with that, I think that um, thinking about the giftedness of talking with people, I think that's absolutely there. There's also just the aspect of going... God, you've called me here, and I'm going to be faithful, and being willing then to learn what those skills can even look like. You know, thinking about that and thinking about our outreach team, um, so there is, there's a young man that comes up from, um, he goes to New Mexico Tech in Socorro, and so he, he comes up once or twice a month specifically from Socorro to be a part of this outreach and, and be on the streets. Well, he was talking with our outreach director, Chantel, and he said, you know, I feel like... Um, God wants me to do something in my community in Socorro. And so he started thinking about what he could do. And so let me just tell you, this young man contacted the theater in Socorro, 
um, and has coordinated with them to show the movie that actually uh, Calvary Church recently showed for their men's ministry rally, as well, The Sound of Freedom, which is the story about child sex trafficking. And he coordinated all of that with the theater and is having us come down um, to be able to kind of be a part of talking about that, which is fantastic because this January is National Human Trafficking Prevention Month. And so this is something that a young man who was tied to us came with an idea and then he ran with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really what he did. And so I'm actually, Birga, I know you're going to be part of that event. Yeah, I am. It's a week from today, actually. So the Loma Verde Theater in Socorro. So they are hosting or this young man, like as Shelley mentioned, has arranged for the Sound of Freedom film to be shown. They're going to open the doors about 630 on Monday, the 22nd. Welcome people in, have some conversation, show the film, but then have some conversation afterwards about what does trafficking look like in New Mexico? And I know, as Shelley mentioned, the Westside Calvary Campus showed this film last week as part of the men's rally. And I think it's a great door opener for some conversation about what are we really seeing here on our home turf? Because it's easy to get fired up and passionate about something that you see that's a grave injustice. And in this case, it's talking about international sex trafficking. But we also need to get fired up and passionate about what's going on in our backyard and what does it look like? How do we be proactive in fighting this? And how do we do something as a community? Everything from legislative calls to, you know, on on the other side of things, how do we help people that are coming out of trafficking? We need to be a community of support through and through. Well, let's talk a little bit, just briefly, we've got another half an hour to talk about some details, but you have a new way, a new resource to help people that are coming out of trafficking. Tell us about that. Yes. So we are um, working on the Eliza Jane House, which is going to be New Mexico's first um, 24-7 staffed house program, residential program for survivors of human trafficking. And so um, this was a God thing, too, with people answering the call of God in that one of our landlords that we work with within our human trafficking program that we we rent apartments from um, connected us with this landlord who had this eight-bed house and um, was willing to give let us rent that house for a discounted rate. I mean, he's he is giving us a great deal on renting this house um, so that we could start this kind of program. And so we we, you know, kind of walked into it and saw this beautiful, completely up to go code house. But it was it was naked. There was no furniture. There was there was nothing. And so we put a call out to the community and said, you know, we need some furniture to set up these rooms. And every single room in that house was adopted by um, a business or. A okay. Group. By the way, I'm happy for you to say who those businesses are if you want to. I'm happy to shout out those businesses. Um Jim, I'm going to have to. Yeah, I, we can t- do that I have in the to next remember segment. them. Well, there, uh, <laughs> we're a, we're a nonprofit, non-commercial station, right. so I can't say, "Hey, go to such and such a store and buy all the latest right, furniture." Right. But for us to say, "Wow, you know, X Y Z furniture store, thank you," and right. here's their phone number, because I, the truth is, is that our listeners are going to go. People that have that kind of heart. 
Yes. We're going to give them our business. Well, and we should. And, you know, some of the, so some of them were churches. We had a couple churches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emmanuel Chapel is one of the churches that was part of that. They connected us with Red Shovel Landscaping and they landscaped the entire yard, which was just weeds. And so we have. But that's that. all. I think about that. Think about, have you ever lived in a house where you just had weeds like in the backyard? Mm, it's yes. not, it's, it's not comfortable. <laughs> it's uh, not. But if you, if you have, if you have some of those things, I mean, you're trying to create normalcy. You're trying right. to create peace for people that have lived in on the streets. Right. I mean, and, and let me tell you, it, it's shocking to me. We're going to talk about CYFD in, in our next segment. Sure. But for a child to want to live on the streets of Albuquerque rather than foster care, that says something about mm-hmm. what has been happening. And so you're creating a place that's a home, and, and it's right. so neat. So so think about some of those names as you think of them. I'm happy for you to mention them. I just wanted you to, to know Right. That. You just caught me off guard. Yeah, I'm I like, know. Oh, gosh, well, my brain started spinning. You're also careful to to not violate our FCC provisions, and I right. appreciate that. But, but we are absolutely allowed to say thank you to businesses and individuals that, that help and do exactly what Berga did. Uh, uh, described, which is be involved in uh, in an area of gifting, and we know that you know it's kind of like the Philippians; they were sending checks to Paul as mm-hmm. he as he traveled around, and and you know then you have Timothys that are pastors, and and so on and so forth. Each one of us has a different kind of gifting, and I sense that there's people that can go out on the street, uh, you know, in the evenings and and do outreach. I suspect there's people that do accounting. So again, as you're listening to the show, think about. Uh, the New Mexico Dream Center and how you might fit into what they're doing. Their website is nmdreamcenter.org. We'll be back with more uh, from Berga and Shelley right after these messages. Stay with us. Berga Alden is the community relations manager for New Mexico Dream Center, and Shelley Rep is their executive director. Shelley, are you are you also the founder? Did you kind of start it? So I'm. I'm part of the founders. Oh, founders. Um, yes. Okay. So uh, Rob Thomas, who's a local businessman. Yep, I know Rob. Um, yeah, he was the one that really started putting things into motion with New Mexico Dream Center. I was working specifically with human trafficking and doing nonprofit work with human trafficking. And we joined our two nonprofits um, together as New Mexico Dream Center. So we're we're the founding crew. This I is guess. probably has nothing to do with anything except that I have a friend of mine. Uh, Rick Prater, who has recently gone on the board of directors of Beauty to Ashes, which is a similar yes. organization in Arizona. Yes, yes. So I don't know if you guys would familiar. have any synergies, but I'd I'd love to yeah. make that introduction. I would love like. that. That would be we have I've heard about Beauty to Ashes and um, would love to get to know more about that. Part of I think the important work that we do is actually developing these cross border you know, relationships, because Mm -hmm. it's not always safe to keep somebody in your state, depending on how that trafficking situation is. And so we rely on these relationships to safely be able to move a client from from New Mexico to Arizona or vice versa, coming to New Mexico from Arizona as as a safety precaution. And um, in fact, we've done that many times with uh, Texas and some of the organizations in Texas. Uh, You know, Birga had talked about how... um, Calvary Church had had that men's rally where they showed the sound of freedom. And we were so fortunate to be invited to be a part of that, which was incredible. We love uh, being invited to church events, to community events, to be able to share information about human trafficking. Well, their main speaker um, is this guy, Nick McKinley, who developed the nonprofit Defend Fund, Defender Fund, Defender Fund. I can look it up. Defend yep. Fund. Yep. 
the, anyways. He, we know Nick. He works closely with Reload Love. Yes, he helped us get exactly. people out of Afghanistan. Exactly. After, and that's what he does. Like, that's his specialty. Well, he's like a former, he's, you know, he's special a ops the door guy. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're the go in and pick up the people afterwards people. Yeah. But we've worked with him many times in relocations. And so that's something that we love those kinds of relationships. Well, and again, you, you know, you're talking about a giftedness. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that spiritual gift is, what Nick does, but he does some pretty scary stuff or has at one time. But now he's using all his knowledge. And, and, and like you, he doesn't think he knows everything. He's networking with organizations right. like yours and others because the community is what is necessary to mm-hmm. come together. And I like uh, what you said about working with other states as well. Plus, I mentioned in our first segment that you – learn and and ask questions i mean you talk to schools you talk to attorney general's office here in new mexico and by the way they're doing some phenomenal things as is the sheriff's department they are they're working really hard on that and speaking of the attorney general's office i just want to do a quick plug i guess i don't know if that's the right word but um you know, we've talked before about Jeffrey Epstein and his ties to the state of New Mexico. And we know Je- Jeffrey Epstein was a, you know, serial trafficker of young women and had Zorro Ranch in Santa Fe County here in New Mexico. Well, one of the banks that he ran his money through is the Deutsche Bank, and they have pledged um, $4.95 million to the state of New Mexico for prosecuting uh, human trafficking for investigation purposes and for uh, relief purposes for survivors. And I don't know how that's all going to come out, but that was actually an announcement that they made through the attorney general's office um, and kind of came through that. So that's kind of something to see where you've got this foreign bank realizing and understanding their their complicity in a situation and going, we need to do things differently. And so that's something that's kind of being spearheaded with the AG's office. I, I don't know what the money looks like. I just know that it's Again, though, it's it's things that our listeners need to pray about and yes. think about and maybe get involved with. Yes. Berg, I want to go back to something you said. You're talking about yeah. serving in your area of giftedness, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do that by yourself. No. You, you might have a business and you might share with your employees and you may have a... A team building thing. Absolutely. I, I think you mentioned that you reconnected with Shelly pulling weeds at yep. the new facility. That's right. I mean, it, it, and again, not that I want everybody to come pull weeds, and probably that's not going to be. Though there problem. are weeds to spare. There's you know, weeds. we live in New Mexico after all. <laughs> There's always weeds. Yeah. There's always weeds. But, you know, talk to us a little bit more. Maybe we could mention some of the people that are sponsors and helping you, and a listener might go, gee, that is something I'd like to have our business support absolutely and this is something that stirs me up just so you know like i I, I, this makes me very excited to talk about this kind of stuff i know that i know that i know that god made us to be part of a community like that it was his design we are not supposed to be in it by ourselves and so as we are part of a greater community i love to see how all of our giftings our characteristics come together to complement one another to get the job done And in this case, as we talk about getting the job done in relation to human trafficking, we're talking about utilizing all of those skills. So maybe you're a forensic accountant and you know how to track down the money that's being spent by traffickers and how that ties into a bank and all of those things. Because ultimately, it takes those type of people with that skill set to be able to follow the cash and to know where these things are, are going wrong. You know, maybe you're somebody 
that owns a, a business locally and you are willing to allow your employees to volunteer five hours a month, keeping them on the clock, an incentive to keeping them active in the community in volunteer work. There are so, so many ways to get involved. So many different vis- businesses have come up to the table and offered their support for us. We can mention a few of them that were really instrumental in helping with the Eliza Jane House. So Kids Empowered, ABQ Moms, Stageology, CQ Realty, Faith Moving Company, so many different areas of business. And yet they said, hey, we want to come to the table. We can buy furniture. We can paint a room. We can stage a room. We can make this a a lovely environment for somebody who is coming out of human trafficking to rest and recover and receive healing. And so just so many possibilities for getting involved in an area that you really enjoy, not just a, a drudgery of volunteerism, a, a really a passion of your own heart. As Birg is talking about this, I'm thinking about, what, again, not that I'm, I know young men are trafficked, but I'm thinking about a young woman, maybe 17 years old. She's coming out of a traffic situation. Shelly, does she have to be protected from her traffickers? Absolutely. You know, trafficking situations are always going to look different. You have um, times when somebody is being trafficked by a gang, and that's one of the most dangerous kinds of trafficking situations to try to exit because we have such gang activity in our state, and it's just really easy to find that person. So somebody coming out of a gang is going to need um, a different degree of trafficking than somebody who was perhaps trafficked through an online romantic relationship. And so in looking at that, um, you talked about how we at New Mexico Dream Center, we're kind of like forever learners. And you have to be because this um, kind of situation is going to look different in so many different ways. Uh, we know that young people are targeted, and that's the big commonality that we see. In fact, Birg and I were able to talk with a group um, this past week that is working in the Title I schools and wants to bring information about human trafficking to those middle school students. Because guess what? That's where the traffickers are targeting. They are targeting children that are 12, 13, 14 years old in middle school. And so if we're not able to kind of provide some education so that there's prevention, then we're setting our kids up. And that's one of the things that I think is important for us to understand as believers is that our kids need to hear these kind, what the traffickers are saying to them so Mm -hmm. that they are wise to that as opposed to just falling into a situation. I love that. Uh, we're gonna, we have to take a break, say thank gotcha. you to some of our sponsors. But in our final segment, I want everybody to think about HB 116. Uh, that has made the governor's call list. That is a bill specific to uh, helping Shelley's cause and, and the New Mexico Dream Center's cause, Birger's cause to stop trafficking. And it, you know, it's, maybe you could give us a few specifics about it. Uh, give people something specific to pray about. But then I want you to kind of explain what's going to happen to that bill or what you hope happens. Because I know things go to committee, they do this and that, right. and I don't know that we all understand that process. We'll be back on ABQ Connect uh, with Shelly and Birga right after these messages. This is a term that I just find the most to be bizarre. It's called minor domestic sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I even have to say there's minors being trafficked is in my own mind is just a bizarre thing. But as the Bible says, we do not war against flesh and blood, Sally. Shelley, we, what, what, I mean, I, I, your mission and, and what you're fighting is not, there are people that, that have evil in them or are doing evil things, but we, I, I believe that they can be redeemed. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, so I, I'm hoping that people will pray earnestly. I'm hoping that, you know, if people are arrested and they're accountable for their actions, that's the, the people that are buying, uh, you know, right. children particularly and, and, and just sex as a, a, in general, I'm praying that they give some accountability because I think that there is some, if you're incarcerated or you're prosecuted, that may be the impetus that helps change your life if you get to meet Jesus uh, through that process. Absolutely. And I've heard stories many times of people who look back at their incarceration and they see that as um, a a turning point, that that was mm-hmm. a redemption point for them. So, you know, we we don't know what God's going to do in any one per- person's life. And I, I know for me, there's a like Oswald Chamber quote that I'm going to hack real badly, but something to the effect of, you know, we should want God to deal as creatively with other people as he has dealt with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that is part of who we look at um, for Jesus as a personal savior. You know, there are things in my life that are different than yours, Jim. They are different Mm -hmm. than Birgis. And so our God is gracious enough to use those different pieces, that originality to move within us. And, um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. So we don't want others to not have that as well. So the legislative session opens tomorrow. You're noon. Uh, uh, noon. Noon. Yeah. And I know again, thank you legislators for serving. Yes. Yes. Encourage our listeners to pray. Absolutely. Uh, and, and more than anything, if you can, if you have time, if you feel so led, go find out about HB 116. Get the details, but you're going to tell right. us a few of those details. Yeah, absolutely. So in looking at this with some of the details, a couple of things that we need to realize with this one is that we are we are adding language to the criminal code for trafficking. So one of the things is we want somebody who has been trafficking a child to have that penalty be applicable to the age of that child. So previously, if you were abusing somebody who was um, 16 years old, the penalty was much less than if you were abusing somebody who is 13 years old. Well, a child is a child until they are 18. So some of the language is saying that if a child is trafficked, um, that that penalty is the same. So you don't have a higher penalty because of the age of the child. So that's part of what they're doing. They're also adding um, language about human trafficking and sexual exploitation of children to the criminal code as or to the Victims of Crime Act, I should say. And that hasn't been there before. So when we think about the Victims of Crime Act and we think, well, that would encompass, you know, many of the crimes. Well, it does. But if it's not actually stated in our criminal code, then judges cannot sentence you because they don't have the piece of legislation that guides that. And that's what this legislation is doing is it is putting out there. These are things that provide sentencing guidelines so that when traffickers are apprehended and prosecuted, we can see a higher level of sentencing, a more appropriate level of sentencing, as opposed to right now, which is hope it goes high enough for federal, the federal threshold where then their sentencing requirements. Um, 
so that's that's what we want. We want New Mexico to be able to sentence appropriately people who are exploiting our children. Who's put this bill together, Shelley? So this has been a bill that has been a collaborative work. So it's been the Attorney General's office. It's been APD, Bernalillo County Sheriff's office. It has been then referrals from us as New Mexico Dream Center, sending you know sitting in and reading this from the victim's perspective. So all of those people um, have been involved, and then it is being introduced by um, Representative, or excuse me, yes, Representative Lib, Liz Thompson and Representative Marion Matthews. And can I just tell you something really quick? You know, we were talking about how God uses connections. Mm-hmm. So I was um, talking about human trafficking and how it relates to fentanyl um, for Bernalillo County. They did these series a whole week about how fentanyl is just absolutely a crisis in our community. And so one of the sessions I was doing was um, a collaborative session with law enforcement. So we had APD there, we had BCSO there, and um, and we're talking about fentanyl and what they're seeing and how it relates to trafficking from service provider, me, and law enforcement, them. And one of the people in there was Mary Matthews, who is one of our representatives in the legislature. And so she came up afterwards and she said, why isn't this passing? Why aren't we seeing this in, in the legislature? And so we all talked about it. You know, these law enforcement guys, they're facing the same issues we are. And so we talked about how it um, we propose the bill, it flies through the House, and then it gets caught in Senate Judiciary every single time. Every single time. And she's like, let's work on this. And so she was the one that spearheaded. She called Liz Thompson and said, can I help be a part of this? And so we met. We re-looked at all of this legislation to make sure that there wasn't any, you know, small hiccup, something in there that would be a good reason to not see it or not hear it and take it to committee. And um, and so they poured through this with a fine tooth comb and refined it. And we feel like we've got a great piece of legislation to hopefully be heard this this session. Okay. We know there's this committee. Yes. And we don't know why things die there. Yeah. Good things go there to die. No, 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 not everything that dies there is a good thing. Correct. Correct. Okay. That's true. But the the Senate Judiciary Committee is headed by It's headed by Senator Joseph Cervantes from Donia Anna Camp. And by the way, the reason I want this name is because we need to pray for We need to. Mm-hmm. We need to. And Joseph Cervantes. Yes. Yeah, so Joseph Cervantes, who is the senator out of uh, Donia Anna County, which is like Las Cruces mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And then from Albuquerque, Senator Daniel Ivy Soto. And so those two head up the Senate Judiciary. And they what we have seen consistently over the past five years is that the human trafficking legislation, which has very specific language around minors, around children and CYFD reform bills die at that committee. And I don't mean die that they get started there and we run out of time. I mean die in that they're not even heard. They never actually make it into the committee to be heard. And we see this happen time and time again. And these are important pieces of legislation for the safety of our children, which is why when we look at the governor's call saying this is about public safety, we need it to be about public safety across the board, which means children need to be included as part of the public and that we're looking at how we protect them as well. I'm absolutely seeing a bipartisan effort here. Yes, we mm-hmm. this bill, the human trafficking one, even with um, 
child the child welfare reform bills, they have always had bipartisan support. It hasn't been something that has been just purely one side of the aisle. And when you go through the House, they fly through the House. They fly through the House because it's important and both sides of the aisle see the importance of it. And then they get stopped and not heard, not just like not voted on, you know, not like, hey, let's debate this and talk about this and tear this bill apart. They're not even heard. And I think that if we look at the state of New Mexico being 50 for child welfare consistently, um, it's time to address that. It's it's time that we actually take that seriously, that children are not safe in our state. And we need to decide that we want to be safe for our children. Yeah. And again, you know, a lot of Christians like yourself behind some of some of this work, uh, you can't do it all by yourself. And you've worked closely with all people in yes, the state. Again, a, a both sides of the aisle or now there's not just two sides of the aisle. There's probably like five. Right. It's um, multifaceted. But the bottom line is, is I don't see any. I, I just hope that our audience will faithfully be on their knees praying about this, praying vigils you mentioned you know, Absolutely. pray God's favor. Pray God draws them closer to Him. Uh, you know, if they're believers or unbelievers, we want God to draw them closer to Him and, and us too. Mm-hmm. You know, we just all need to be sensitive to His leading. And, and what a wonderful thing this will be for our whole state. Uh, Shelly and Birga, we are out of time. And again, just blessed that you could come in, share with us, and we'll get you back on the air. Uh, as we get into later February. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for the opportunity. 